All right, guys, welcome back to the Freedom Chasers podcast. Today, we have a special treat for you. Meet Josh Kuchar, the guy you can't miss in his signature orange suit. He's not just a fashion statement. Josh is the director of marketing and sales at Shoami and bona fide marketing guru. If you're interested in leveling up your marketing game or scaling your business, you won't want to miss this episode. So buckle up as we dive deep into the world of marketing and sales with Josh. Josh let's do this thing. So much. Yeah, let's do this thing. Um, <laughs> so... Um, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Shoami. I'm a big fan of Shoami. I've been using it for at least a couple years now, I think. Um, so for anybody that's not familiar with Shoami, could you just give me a broad strokes overview of what it is? And then we'll just dive a little bit deeper into it. Sure. We're a system that helps agents with agents with home showings. So we're there when, you know, you're sick, you're on vacation because God knows as a real estate agent, if you want more business, go on vacation. And guess what? Now you don't have to do the realtor dance whenever you're on there where you're trying to find your phone to call a bunch of friends. Look, showings get picked up in like three minutes on Shawami on average. So really, we've got your back. Again, this is agents helping agents with home showings. And essentially, that's our business. Or maybe if you just don't want to drive an hour to do a home showing, we've got you covered. Yeah, so that's what I loved it for. So awesome, awesome line about getting more business when you're on vacation. I saw this awesome meme the other day where this dude's on a swing, but he's on his laptop, and it's like me sending an offer on vacation. <laughs> no, it's just like perfect. Um, I like so anyways. Have you seen the one where he's on a surfboard and he's got his computer. But we work too damn hard. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about Shoami a little bit more um, granularly because it, it's beneficial for two sides of agents, right? If you're a brand new agent out there it's a great way to get some money coming in when you're learning the whole process and then for the more seasoned agent it's a great way to start scaling yourself out without having to hire agents um yeah that's exactly what it is and i think one of the things that's missed about a lot of showing agents is look you're not getting rich off of this but there are added benefits to showing homes for other agents a market knowledge now you know what houses look like in that market b Self-promotion before that showing ever happens, go out, take a picture, you know, right in front of the garage, right in front of the house, whatever. Just don't give away the address. Don't give away anything else like that. Say, hey, I'm out in this community showing homes today. Would love to schedule a showing with you. Send that to your network. And man, I tell you, agents are telling me left and right that that's getting them back to getting business. And it makes them look even more productive than technically they are. <laughs> And yeah, on the buyer side, you know, look, you need help sometimes. And as Tim just said, like you sometimes you don't want to hire that extra person on your team because now you're responsible mm-hmm. doing and maybe you don't have enough business technically to hire that person. You're trying to scale. You're trying to get into new regions. Look, this is a great solution to help you with that as well. Absolutely. So let's transition to marketing already. Sorry. <laughs> Um, I feel like Shoami is pretty easy to discuss, but I mean, I could say I, I, I love the service. Anybody out there, if you're a new agent, go check it out. If you're a seasoned agent, start using it before you start growing your team because it's, I use it all the time. Like, um, I don't want to open doors anymore, but I love talking on the phone. So <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, Josh, you are a marketing expert and we were talking before the show about YouTube shorts and why everybody should be doing YouTube shorts. Could you give me a little bit more context there? Absolutely. It is the future proof of your marketing plan. Today, we're starting to see that more and more people are leaving Facebook, Instagram. They're leaving all these social media platforms. Why? Because 
AI content is starting to take over and they just don't want to see the same bland content where they don't want to see a robot write text for them or write anything. So yeah, you can get more personal, but people are starting to leave these programs more and more. And scary enough, even LinkedIn is starting to go this route. Something that, you know, we always thought was going to be a more professional base is starting to, and I'll tell you, I'm part of a beta test, starting to offer AI drafts in posting. So this is really kind of a unique thing. So to me, the future proof of your marketing tactics is going to be YouTube. YouTube, uh, anything with video, it's not going away because, again, people want that personal relationship with you as an agent and not a relationship with a AI-based robot writing posts or if you've been outsourcing your posts to some outside companies like, hey, today is National Coffee Day. Look, we all seen a number of National Coffee Day posts. <laughs> Nobody wants that anymore. So think about when you're doing your content, think about YouTube, think about YouTube shorts. I'm hearing people crushing business. They're becoming you know, local experts by doing these tactics. Now, Tim, are you seeing something similar as far as YouTube? What's your thoughts on this? Oh, this is interesting. It usually doesn't go in this direction. I love it. Um, <laughs> I'm actually 100% in alignment with you. I probably don't know as much as you, but I love YouTube shorts. I like short form in general, especially anybody getting new to video, right? Because if you don't know how to capture somebody's attention for 20 minutes, why the hell are you making a 20 minute video? Um, you might as well start with 60 seconds or less. The shorter, the better, honestly, because mm -hmm. if you could hate, if you could retain t attention for 15 seconds, you've earned the right to make a 30 second video. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's really that simple. You could graduate upwards. Um, if there's a skill progression, it's much easier to get good at short form than mid form. Um, so I'd love to ask you, what types of videos should people be shooting? Sure. So I think if, you know, going on the long form or more like I'd say two minute, three minute videos, some of the things that I've been seeing that's been growing a lot of agents, whether it's referral based or they're getting direct reaches is they're going out to communities in particular. So a neighborhood, let's say the neighborhood name is Baker neighborhood, right? And they're doing a full video about that neighborhood. They mentioned five businesses in that area. They add those businesses and they make themselves sort of the local experts. So if you were to do research on that neighborhood in particular, that YouTube link is what comes up first. In fact, in Google searches, technically YouTube can come up in those searches. So again, another added benefit of making sure that your videos are fully optimized. Now on the shorts, it's educational pieces that are quick and easy, kind of the same stuff that you would do on a reel or on TikTok, except don't dance. It's not for dancing. It's more for educational. So anything as simple as, you know, here's three ways to start your morning routine versus, hey, here's three things to know. The interest rates went up this week. Here's what to expect. Investors, here's something to think about. Different videos like that seem to be grabbing a whole lot of attention and can lead to great, great sales, leads, it's also a great remarketing tool. So your audience is still seeing you left and right. They're seeing you when they go and do searches. I personally just love that idea. And then on your website, you seem like an expert. So when we're talking about local, we're talking about different topics that your you know clients want to see, you seem like the expert. Now, as an added benefit, one of my favorite, and I love this way of doing things, if you have a friend who runs a business, go interview that friend because what happens is then they share that on their network. Hey, 
two twofold. That person, first of all, loves the fact that you did that. You took time out of your day to go promote them. It's not about you. It's about them in that video. B, everybody in their sphere, their network, the people that follow them on social media, the people that follow them on YouTube, they are now seeing that video as well. So you've reached a new sphere of people. And personally, I've seen the amount of growth that agents are getting just from interviewing their friends that run businesses, or maybe they're not a friend. Maybe you just go to the same coffee shop over and over again. And that's what you do is you just talk to the owner of that coffee shop. Absolutely. I think we think similarly in marketing. I think one of the fastest ways to grow your business is to help entrepreneurs grow their business because guess what? They love it. They want to self-promote. They're out there to grow their business too. So if you do it as a tandem thing, you help one person, they'll help you. It's amazing mm-hmm. how much that'll snowball essentially. Um, for short form stuff, I always recommend people like just answer the questions that you're getting every day. Start writing down the questions that you get every day and start answering those questions in short form. And you could post it on YouTube. You could post it on Instagram and Facebook, TikTok. You got a video that's going to get you a thousand views minimum if you just put it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of the neighborhoods, man, um, <laughs> I have a client right now that we're interviewing doctors specifically in Houston about the neighborhood they live in. Like mm-hmm. that's the whole play. So not only does he get to know a doctor every time, he's probably going to buy a nice house, um, but he's positioned himself as a neighborhood expert at every single one of them that he's done. So absolutely tremendous stuff, man. Um, <laughs> I love hearing it. I love hearing your success in doing that. And I liked your strategy. That makes total sense. You know, ask the, the questions that you're being asked. Uh, you can also go into Google, type in something and then, commonly asked questions you can always use those if you've got nothing uh i know we mentioned ai earlier you can actually ask ai for some topics mm-hmm. that's if you're really in a rut you know so think outside the box i think you know the more creative that you are and the more that you consistently do it you know the better you're going to get the more confident and obviously the more business you're going to grow absolutely man so what do you think most people are getting wrong when they're doing video content they're making it about themselves. I think that's the number one thing. Um, I see humble brags all left and right. Oh, I just sold a $2 million home on Baker Street. Cool. Yes, that does help you know, solidify you. But if you were to do that on YouTube, uh, whether it's a short or a long form video, it's not going to work out as well. So I definitely see that. And then I see people that kind of go a little too off the rails. I know I mentioned like morning routines, but you shouldn't be doing makeup trends on your YouTube video because it really is a little too far off. If you're starting to give advice that's really not particular to your uh, real estate industry or something that you would find that anybody working would find beneficial, like you could do videos on SEO strategies, video strategies, these things that would help grow a business, but you can't be doing beauty trends. You can't be doing... 10 best bourbons, these kind of things just don't fit in your content strategy. Absolutely. So I would love to dive into the first one a little bit. Like if somebody was just sold a house and they kind of want to brag a little bit, but make it about the audience still, what would be a great way to twist that in a way that actually benefits the audience? Show the clients. I think honestly, do a video with your clients, get the testimonial out of them. I think that's going to have a lot more value. And overall, just, you know, hey, I'm out with so-and-so. We just sold our house 
you know, them a house today in this neighborhood and they're super excited. What do you guys have to say about, you know, your house? You loving it, you know, prompt, obviously prompt them a little bit, (laughs) but I like that version of a humble brag where somebody else is also talking about you while you're talking about yourself. Uh, The idea is that you're bringing them joy and other people are going to see that joy. Absolutely. And if somebody listening wanted to create a video content strategy, just broad strokes, what do you think a good content strategy would look like? Like how often upload and things of that nature? I mean, starting out, you want to do, I would say, three shorts a week. I think you can get away with three shorts a week with uh, with minimal effort. Maybe you schedule an hour out of your day to schedule all three of those. And then I would do at least one or two form, long form content. Now you can always consider doing this. Your short can lead to your long form content. So maybe you have something about five things to know before buying a house and you barely touch up on it in your short. So you say, hey, there's three, but I have two more in our other video. Check it out. Great. Lead into it. That's totally fine. But that's a great way to use the exact same content that you've posted in two different forms. And so you're doubling your efforts without having to double your time to record. I think it's totally acceptable to do three short form and two long form content a week. Absolutely. And that's what they call in the industry an open loop. Make Mm -hmm. them curious so that they actually want to watch the next one. So anybody listening, if you've watched a TV show, you know exactly what they're doing. They want to hook you in before the commercial. So you come back. Um, So very cool. Um, I think one thing that holds a lot of people back is like production values. They're like, oh, this isn't good enough. So like, what would you say to that person? So I'd say if you're always trying to measure your effectiveness, understand that sometimes you have to just focus on the work itself and then the rewards will come later. It's definitely a grind. There's no doubt. And in real estate, everything is going to seem like it's a grind. And if you're only looking at the goal and the success that you get from a single channel or a single thing, that's all you're going to see. And it's going to narrow your view. The truth is you have to keep at it and know that your work will produce labor later on. It's not going to produce labor always today, but by doing what you're doing and being consistent, you will grow, you will reap the benefits. It's just, if you're only ever doing that one thing that always gets you contract, then you're stuck doing that one thing, getting that one contract. And and who knows, it could have been a fluke for all you you know that you got that one contract. So keep at it, be consistent, and always encourage yourself. I think we all, even myself, I can get down on myself by looking at the numbers and saying, I didn't get to achieve the goal that I had set when I put out this video for the number of views or signups. But I know that the labor, the work that I went into it will end up producing later on. Absolutely. And what kind of time frame would you recommend people commit to that precise content strategy? And obviously, this will vary by person. Focus on getting 1% better per video, people, and just keep doing it forever would be my recommendation. But what do you think is a reasonable timeline to actually see some, some labor, some fruits of the labor, rather? Yes, I say I, it's always hard to point out, right? Because as you said, it can be different for everybody. The fruits of your labor can take anything from literally two days to, you know, two months. You never know where that next lead's coming from and where they reached out or found you. 
And especially with video content, it lasts a long time. It's not the same as your Facebook feed where it goes away within 24 hours. It's not the same as a Twitter feed or sorry, X, I should say X feed. It's not the same as threads. It is, it sits there for a longer period of time. So you could create a video. I've, I've got a friend here in the Naples area and he created, creates videos for all these neighborhoods. Sometimes he doesn't get somebody to reach out for six to eight months after he created that video, but he's got over a thousand views on it or he'll create one and he'll get one in two days. So I'd say, again, set aside, I would say one hour on a specific day, whether it's a Tuesday or Wednesday to do video content and then set aside another hour later in the week because you do want to keep fresh content and you want to make sure that your topic is still relevant. So maybe set another side for Tuesday or uh, sorry, for Thursday or Friday, and then record an hour on those days and use those content separately at different times. Yeah, it's funny. I've worked with quite a few people on video and some of them literally the first video, like, boom, I got a listing. Thanks. Um, It's like, all right, congrats. And some of them takes a hundred videos and they didn't do it yet, but just continue. It's like, you're going to get better. So don't stop. Mm -hmm. Um, Hermosi says this a lot, but like the only way to actually fail is to quit. So don't quit. Keep doing it forever. Um, I'm, and always I'm, get that 1% better, as you said earlier, Tim. I think that's a key is sometimes it's just incremental growth that leads to exponential growth. If you were to do you know, 1% daily, 365% growth year over year. Absolutely. And speaking to that, I know a lot of people getting into video have an issue with camera shyness. So what would you say to those people that are listening? You don't always have to be on camera for every video. Um, So we recently were talking with an agent that is actually in the Chicago area and he does his videos without looking, without being on the camera. He records his voice. He walks up to the property, does a lot of, you know, walk through tour videos, that sort of thing. Or what he'll do is he'll just be on a walk and he'll record the floor of the walk or a, a popular area and have text and he'll use text-based videos to draw in people. And occasionally he'll do one, maybe two with his actual face. But for the most part, over 90% of his content is strictly based off of just area and making it look familiar to somebody so that they know, oh, that person for me, I mean, I'm in Fort Myers, Florida. There's a specific, um, what do you call, uh, jetty, an area that you can just walk down and everybody knows what it looks like, the pier you know, walking through the most familiar areas, again, establishes you as the local expert. Absolutely. So let's talk about this a little bit more because a lot of people do the talking heads type videos where they're sitting in location, kind of like mine or like yours, and they might change the green screen out, but um, <laughs> that'll be edited in post-production, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I forgot. Um, <laughs> um, or... Um, you know, there's people shooting on location, like you mentioned. Um, is there a balance you should be shooting that for? I mean, or what should that look like? Stick to your style. Honestly, I've found that shooting on a location can work for certain people. And it depends, again, on what your environment looks like. Is it busy? Is it loud? If it is loud, make sure you get a lapel mic. A wireless one is absolutely preferred. If it's in a studio or an area where you've got a nice green screen, change your background. I think one of the things that I've learned the most about doing videos myself and doing these short form videos 
is if I kept the same background, it gets boring. Every time I change it to something ridiculous or, you know, I'll be with palm trees behind me. And then the next day I'm, I'm in a mall. Next day I'm in this environment. People tend to pay more attention because you're in a changing environment, regardless if it's a green screen or not. Uh, I think keep it different. Keep it different. Everyone who listens to our show knows Matt and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times you have watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. And the results prove this. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secret that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is why we have opened up a few one-on-one coaching slots with Freedom Chasers Coaching, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are and where you want to go And most importantly, how you want to get there, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are, where you want to go and how you want to get there. The benefit of working with Matt and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 successful people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven figure strategies and gotten the inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We are able to work with you to pick the strategy that will fit the best and then help you create the custom plan and steps to take you quickly into financial freedom. The fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Absolutely. And then if you are in the same spot, eventually you're going to want to introduce pattern interrupts and something like that. So if you Mm -hmm. are sitting in the same spot every time, at least change the camera angles or something, zoom in a little bit, throw some text every once in a while. B-rolls nice. Um, (laughs) So you could always shoot from location if you want. Um, Just spice it up a little bit. Um, Tim, what's your thoughts on, I've seen a lot of people do this and I've tried it myself and actually I've found some success with this. What are your thoughts on everybody that's got a green screen and actually points to articles and talks about the articles? It's a good question. I haven't done a ton of that, but I do see it all the time. So the fact that I see it all the time tells me that it's working in some capacity because if if it wasn't working, I wouldn't see it at all, right? (laughs) That's kind of the way I like to think. It's like, if you see it a lot, it's probably worth trying. Um, What would be my initial concept? I think, I don't know. I don't watch a ton of them. So I'm probably not the target audience, though, um, no. because, you know, I don't read news. I, I try to stay out of the news, basically. So if somebody sees an article, if I see an article, I'm like, oh, I don't need that in my life. Um, <laughs> that's my initial I, I don't, yeah. yeah, don't get into the politics one. That is definitely yeah. not where I'm heading with that. But I would say one of the cool things that I've seen a lot of agents do, and they're finding a lot of success with establishing themselves as the authority on the topic of real estate is that what they're doing is they're pointing to, again, articles like, hey, the interest rates went up, homes are up 7.5%. Here's what you should know about this. And educating. If you are somebody who is stuck sometimes, again, we've talked earlier about thinking of topics to speak about, sometimes grabbing a quick headline that you find, whether it's a local, I love the local ones too. Hey, there's a new community that went up for sale here in Fort Myers. Check it out. Here are some of the homes in that area. Here's what you should know before buying. 
Absolutely. So you just piqued my interest a little bit or not so much piqued it, but you made some, you connected some dots for me, right? So like I did see one of those and it was a dude local to me, Chicago, if anybody somehow doesn't know. And he was talking about the crime rates. He's like, okay, Chicago crime rates, when you rank it by population density, which is what matters, it's not even top 100. Um, and then you compare it nationally and it's like, oh, Alabama, Mississippi, there's like 97 cities that are more dangerous to live in. <laughs> so, um, I think that's a great way to do it because, you know, a lot of times perception is wrong. Um, mm -hmm. and, and with an article, not only do you get to leverage their experience and their knowledge, but you get to establish yourself as an expert talking on the same thing. So you've turned my mind a little bit on it already. It's only been <laughs> one answer. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, and it's funny because like that whole concept, I, I recently covered this in a, a quick, of course, YouTube short that was really, really popular was I talked about the fact that everybody is an expert on something, whether you believe it or not. So Google put out this algorithm, it's called EAT, E-E-A-T, and one of them is expertise. And the fact is that your social profile makes you an expert. So what you talk about on there, the things that you say makes you the expert. And so the videos that you push, you know, make a balance between your personal, obviously, and your professional. But keep in mind that if you were ever to, I wouldn't suggest it, but if you were ever to try to rank your website on Google, note that you are the professional. And I always think that that's super encouraging to me. And it's not just that Google thinks these things, but the other algorithms for Facebook, for Instagram, LinkedIn, all of them use expertise as a huge factor when it comes to whether or not people are going to see your posts. So be the expert. Absolutely. And if you don't think you are the expert, remember that this term is a relative term. You only need to be an expert relative to the person consuming your content. And you can adjust that scale wherever you want to. Um, you should be niching down um, eventually. Let's talk about that actually real quick. Um, <laughs> the riches are in the niches. And the more I get into marketing, it's funny how different like the digital marketing world is from real estate. Like I thought I was good at marketing when I was a realtor. And then I started digital marketing. And I was like, wow, this is way more complex than I ever thought it would be. Um, I thought it was easy before. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about niches. Like why should niches or why should real estate agents be niching down? Because I don't see enough of them doing it. And the more I learn about it, like it, it's a clear pathway to make more money. Oh, it is the clearest pathway to make more money. Again, when we talk about expertise, it didn't have to just be real estate. Again, you can niche down and be in your community talking about something else. I think through the facts that actually recently I was doing a video just about this, which was super cool. And I'm talking niches tomorrow. And part of it is this, maybe you really are into a specific hobby. That audience is also considered your niche. Think about the way that you interact with your community and this is, I'm going to use the example that I always use here in Fort Myers. There's a bourbon group. There are people who literally meet and talk about bourbon. And if, and we actually do have real estate agents in there and they have closed and gotten referrals transactions because they niched into the point where they're like, it's my community. Now that agent has also done other niches. So their other niche is that they're down and they're like, I only really cover homes that look like this. And it's specific to homes with pools, right? Because we're in Florida. If you're selling homes with pools, that's your niche. And you want to go into communities that have those. So 
breaking all the way down, find a, is your hobby ability to have a niche? And if so, how are you interacting with that community? B, and this is one that I know the broker that actually, you know, Shawami is not a brokerage, but the one that ha he happens to run it, the owner of the company, he always pushes people to say, look, grab a very good real estate niche. Whether you want to work with strictly first-time home buyers and make all your content about first-time home buying, or you want to work with investors. And if you're working with investors, make sure that you're hosting events. Maybe work with strictly first-time investors. Man, talk about a niche that's so underserved is people, they're told a million things on investing in real estate. Are you the person that they go to? Or is that your niche? Think about you know these different ways. I've run websites where we even we actually can rank out of, you know, we can actually beat the big boys, the Zillows, the Redfins, because we niched the website down just enough. You know, we can talk about beachfront properties so much so that we win. It's very cool. I love that niche. Never thought of it before. First time investors. They're, it's beneficial for so many reasons. I think I don't remember the statistics, so I'm making this up just so everybody knows full disclosure. But something like 60% of people that buy a house as an investment buy another one. So mm -hmm. that's a great way to get repeat business. If you could attract those people, number one, all of a sudden they might buy two, they might buy 20, but then you have compounding business instead of mm -hmm. one person. You're not chasing one transaction at a time. It's very likely you get a second one, right? So check it out. First time home buyers have a seminar. <laughs> like, that's a great niche. I love it. You just came First up with that on the spot, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, and it, part of that actually comes from my own confusion. So before I buy, you know, properties, I sat there and I was like, man, who the heck do I listen to? I've got the Grant Cardone's telling me one thing. I've got the Mr. Wonderful telling me another thing. I've got Tom Ferry telling me another thing. Everybody's telling you something different. And all these coaches, all these investors are telling you different strategies. And it gets so confusing. But the truth is that none of them are in your market. None of them, well, actually, I, I shouldn't say that. They're all in one market, I guess, truthfully, at one point in time. But you could be that person in your market that sits down and says, all right, first-time investors, I'm holding first-time investor seminars. I'm not selling these people. I'm providing educational pieces. I'm saying, here's the number one mistake. Here's the things you never considered. Here's how much money you should have. And if, you're, if you want to, great. We'll talk later about buying your first home. And if you have questions, I'm always here to ask, you know, bounce back and forth. And those leads can take a long time to foster. Absolutely. Because these people, if they're going to these seminars, they are in the market, but man, they are diligent about their research. Absolutely. I feel like diving into this niche a little bit now. Not only that, but like the marketing strategy, right? So let's say you're doing seminars for first time investors. You host a seminar you get all these questions from people and you could write those questions down and shoot YouTube shorts from them. Maybe you could shoot the presentation itself and throw that up there too. Um, what other things could we throw in there to the marketing strategy, Josh? We're just rolling yeah, off the cuff could. here. The flow of this is a little bit different, but I'm enjoying it. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not what you expected, right? Well, so I, th I love what your idea is, like turn it into shorts, right? You can use video, video.ai, turn it into a bunch of shorts, throw it out there for your social media, throw it out there for your YouTube shorts, and you can, if you do a really good seminar, 
and you don't have too much back and forth or you're able to like kind of cut the questions or cut the fat out of it, you can make that your long form content on your YouTube channel. And different people will sit there and go to those resources. You know, you can say, here's a seminar on the three things you should know before you buy your first investment property. Five top mistakes that we see people make. Those sort of things can be turned into. I mean, people will sit there and listen to a podcast about it, right? In fact, I can already tell you they do. There's a whole market for people that listen to investing podcasts specific to real estate. And they're going to be doing the same research on YouTube. So are you there? Is your long form content there? Is your short form content? Everything that you can think of. I love that. I love your idea. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, you're hosting a webinar or you're hosting a seminar. I, I always advise doing it in person if you can. If you can't do it in person, totally cool. Do a virtual one, see what you can get out of it. Don't don't get discouraged, I would say, with virtual. Expect maybe five to 10 people to show up and yeah. expect that you're not going to reach those five to 10 people but you have that recording and it is reused over and over again. And again, when you put something on YouTube, it lasts forever. You will consistently be getting business off of it if you optimized it correctly. Absolutely. And, and to your point, there's so many people out there that look at education as entertainment too. So even if you're targeting their first time home investor, when you're doing all this marketing, you're still going to get some stragglers that are just paying attention to what you're doing and they still want to buy stuff from you when it's time to buy and sell. Um, So we're on an important point here, repurposing content. It's like how much effort do you think should be put in creating more content versus repurposing what you have? If we had to put a ratio on it, and I'm putting you on the spot here, so it doesn't have to be perfect, um, but let's just throw some numbers out there. I like the idea that you should be doing three pieces of new content for every one evergreen content, evergreen meaning something that you can use repetitively or throw back into your mix. So for every three videos that you send out, throw back out your old video or clean it up and change like the music, change something in the background, maybe a couple words here or there and reuse it, reuse it. I think a three to one ratio is probably your best bet. Uh, I don't have actual analytics or science to this. So this is Josh's opinion. You can take it or leave it. You can hate me. You can love me, <laughs> you know, however you want to look at it. Maybe three, three to one doesn't seem like you. And you're like, that seems like a lot. Look, after a year of doing that, you'll have enough content to go to a three to two ratio. Boom. You're ready to go. Don't make that transition right away. I say three to one. And for the first, at least year, year and a half, once you definitely hit that two-year mark, then you can jump to a three-to-two ratio. Um, I love it. I love the three-to-one ratio. I think that's a good ratio for a lot of things. Like say when you're making content as well, three gives and then one ask, right? So yes. three gives, one ask. That's proven. It's, they've been doing that in t- commercials for who knows how long. If you do that ratio, it's been proven to work across medium, right? So you can follow three-to-one. But the more you give before you ask, the better off you'll be long-term. So I'd love mm-hmm. to talk about this a little bit. Um, what should a good CTA look like? Oh my gosh. <sighs> Use the year, I would say, first of all. I love the fact that many people skip this. They don't put home, you know, home buying strategies for 2023. They skip that completely. They just put home buying strategies. It's like, no, no, no. You want to make it seem like you just made this. And you just made it for them at this point in time. 
we find that if you do put again the year even just as simple as that into your title you can see exponential growth and granted the next year you can actually just change the title if you really want to for long form video as long as it is still relative if it's not still relative leave it as 2023 remake the same exact video for 2024 totally cool with that i would say that's one great way to do your cta at the end of every video always ask for like and follow i think that should be self-explanatory i know mr beast is the expert on youtube videos and that's what he preaches over and over again is at the end of the video that's when you ask for the follows the likes those sort of things and you see it in everybody's video i'd say make sure that your call to i you know what is i would say the biggest trick that i learned recently was that your youtube thumbnail should actually say something different than the title of the video I thought that was the craziest thing and strangest thing that, to me, but in actuality, you can create a video title that is a little bit more SEO friendly for search, but you got this super snappy looking thumbnail that's like, hey, buy homes today or else, <laughs> you know? And what you're seeing is the actual title of the video is buying homes today is a, a better value to you long-term than short-term mindsets. So get experimental, get fun and try things. Uh, one of my biggest uh, tools or things that I like to see is this video IQ, or I think it's also called vidIQ, can tell you what kind of CTAs and what types of titles to use for your videos based off of the content. So very cool little tool. They have some free stuff in there. So definitely check that out. If you're going to make YouTube your full-time strategy, like this is gung-ho. Once you've seen it take off to get you at least two sales, invest in those type of tools that will help you bring that growth and triple it. Absolutely. VidIQ is awesome. It's only like 10 bucks a month for the entry level thing. I think we pay 50, but I mean, it's I'm in there all the time. Um, <laughs> so it's worth doing. I love your title tip. Um, because I know a lot of people out there are having difficulties thinking of new topics. And it's like, well, a great way to advert that difficulty is to put the year on it, because then you have an excuse to update the same video the next year, especially if it popped off. If it popped off last time, it's likely to do so again. That's the beauty of just creating a lot of content. Everything you do is market research. Um, <laughs> does this work? No? Okay, I won't do that one again. Um, and then you start <laughs> pivot. Um, <laughs> that's it. Yes. That's what it is. Like a lot of people overthink this thing. It's like, hey, how do I make this amazing? It's like you do it, and then you look at your results, and then you do it again. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. <laughs> it is that simple. It's straight up that simple. I think we overthink things 100%. Mm -hmm. So we were talking before the show about AI. So I, I need to open the book here. Like, what do you think most people are getting wrong about AI? And what do you think some people could do right? Oh, this is a fun topic for sure. Okay. People are getting frustrated with AI because the first prompts that they put are very bland. If you put in bad prompts, you're going to get bad results. It's unfortunate, but it's completely true. So really, if before you sit down and dive into AI, look at the AI prompt experts. What are they saying in real estate? What are they using? Also, take some assessments to determine your voice and your style. Not everybody should have the same voice and style. Everybody has different love languages. They have different speaking languages. You know, 
I know my, I think it's the Meyer Briggs test is I'm an ENTJ. So I personally am going to take, I want facts. I don't want emotions being placed into things that I see. So you also have to consider your audience. What do they like? What's working? When you prompt your AI, you really have to consider way more than write me a social media post about the top five things real estate agents should be doing today to grow their business. No, because it's going to write in AI's voice. And AI is strictly based off of, well, not strictly based off of, but I think they believe that it was over 80% of that language that they get comes from news articles. So your post is going to start sounding like a news article. It's going to use the same prompts that they use. So really think about your tonality and make sure that when you put in your prompts, you're putting, hey, I want this to be a sincere post. I want this to be an educational post. I want this to seem like it was written by a professor. Think through the things. Think through the lens of if you were to you know, sit down and describe to your kid how to create a peanut butter and jelly sandwich while you're blindfolded and they're blindfolded, how do you tell them? Think every single step and what could possibly be the outcomes. But I totally love AI. I think that it, it totally can grow your business as a whole and wherever you're from, whatever industry you're in, because it is the content magnet. You just have to learn how to utilize it. I think it's a tool that's amazing, but if you don't know how to use your tool, if you don't know how to use a hammer, it's useless. It's just a, you know, it's strictly just the thing that you can hold. You gotta learn how to use the tool. Absolutely, man. 100% agreed. I had to go back to the ENTJ thing. I'm an ENTP. I used to think I was an ENTJ, but I was very wrong. Um, <laughs> very similar. Um, you we're are, feelers. Yes. We're feelers, but we don't know we're feelers. We don't understand feelings, and we like to fight everybody about everything, apparently. But we're very open-minded. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it took for anybody out there with personality things. I'll tell you one thing. Most people do not know who they are. They don't have the self-awareness to actually get the results that they actually are on the test. I used to think I was an INTJ. And then I settled on ENTJ. And then finally, just like a year and a half ago, I was like, no, it's this one. ENTP. Um, I'm that lunatic. Um, <laughs> so cool. um, to your point about the hammer, though, come bringing it back in. Um, one of my favorite tools for AI is the adjective wheel, which I didn't even know these things existed before, but AI is very, very specific to what adjective you use. If you simply rotate the adjectives and adjective wheels are tremendous doing so based on emotion and whatever you're going for, you can try 20. You change the adjective, you get a totally different result. Um, mm. so that's a tremendous idea out there for anybody using AI. Um, and to keep going into AI. I'm writing that one down. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Because I've never, I've never seen the adjective tool, so I want to. Check oh, they're that pretty out cool. Here. They're pretty cool. They're even color coded, which is great for people like me. Um, <laughs> I dig that. Um, so yeah, man. Um, what other things? Because we were talking about it earlier. Like um, one strategy I like to use AI for is I think everybody thinks it's going to do all the work for you. It's like, oh, AI is here. I don't need to work anymore. And it's like, no, that's not the case. It could take away 80% of the work. It'll make a great outline for you. It makes a great editor. What do you think AI is already ready for? It's a better way to ask this question instead of asking it so open-ended. Like, what is it already doing really well? So I think what it's doing really well, I think we touched up on it earlier. It's a great editor. It's a great first draft too. Honestly, mm -hmm. if you get really good at your prompts, it's a great first draft. You can clean it up, fix it up later. 
I think where AI is heading and where I believe people will start loving AI is the minute that you can take all of your old data, all your old social posts, all your old blog videos, everything, and the the voice and tones that you personally use and throw that into the machine learning. Once it can sit there and have that and analyze you as a person, that's when AI is going to become not just like dangerous. I don't want to use the word dangerous, but it's going to become the most powerful tool for anybody in real estate. It's going to become marketing. It is going to grab your voice, your tones again as a whole and analyze them and decide this is what's going to be best. And then I think at some point, they're going to be able to select what type of person you're talking to, or you can sit there and prompt who you're talking to. And then it specifically creates prompts that will grow that direction. I think that's that's where AI is going to be heading. I see it already going. The machine learning aspect is technically there. I'd say the issue that they're having currently is they're mixing your data with aggregated data from all over. So therefore your data and your voice is getting mixed technically with data from news sources, other social platforms, different things that are working. So definitely love where it's heading in that direction, but also sitting there going like, all right, does this mean, and I already know where it's heading, social media posts, everything already estimated over 90% of posts are going to be AI generated at some point in time, whether it's an image cleanup or it's the actual content itself. And if we all keep asking it to write SEO driven posts, I mean, like (laughs) it's going to sit there going like, I can't rank anything these days because everything's SEO driven. (laughs) Everything is perfect. It's written for SEO. (laughs) It's written for SEO. That's funny. Um, I I hadn't thought of that. Um, Eventually, it's just more reason to get into video, right? More reason to get into video. AI can't replace you yet. It will eventually, though. Those deep fakes are real too. (laughs) Damn, we're going down an interesting path, aren't we? Um. (laughs) I think the deep fakes in those videos, like it's really cool. There's no doubt. I like the talking heads. They do a pretty decent job with their video. But you can clearly tell that it's AI. And what's going to happen is YouTube will actually take those videos into algorithmic consideration and probably derank them based off the fact that the voice does not fully match or that the voice is too consistent. If the voice is too consistent, you don't have inflections, you don't have feeling, you don't have these things, these elements that creates the human aspect of a video. Google will, will uh, Google who owns YouTube, YouTube will eventually derank videos that are AI driven. And that is why it will derank them because it feels, and everything is heading this direction, personal brand, personal speakers. Again, when we talked earlier about expertise, you are the expert, you are irreplaceable. Think about these things, you, your voice, your tones, your emotions, that's something that can't be mimicked. And eventually those are going to catch up with the algorithms. Absolutely, man. I think that's a mic drop ending. So we will do it there. This was a lot of fun, Josh. I have done hundreds of these. I have not been put on my toes in a long time. So thank you for that, man. Um, for anybody out there listening, if they wanted to learn more about Showami or what you do, man, what would be the best way for them to get in touch? 
Tim, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. I love the fact that you were able to talk marketing with me left and right. And yes, I totally threw you under. You took it like a champ, man. So if anybody does want to learn more about Showami, visit Showami, S-H-O-W-A-M-I dot com. And if you want to connect with me, I'm on LinkedIn on a consistent basis. Just look for Josh Kuchar on LinkedIn. Trust me, that is where I'm probably the most consistent and where you could actually reach out to me. Now, if you reach out to me trying to sell me something, I might shut you off right away. Don't be doing those. Those I don't, We didn't dive into that strategy and we're not diving into it today. That's a whole nother episode on LinkedIn sales. But yeah. I love this. This was a cool podcast. I really hope that everybody gets value. Again, I'm here to help. And I think that's the that's the coolest part. And I know Tim's here to help every agent that's listening to this, every marketer that's listening to this. I hope this helps you grow. I hope this gets you thinking about new strategies. Absolutely, man. It was tremendous. Don't go out there cold DMing on LinkedIn. Like that's the worst platform to do it on. I swear to God. I, <laughs> it could work. It could work. Provide some value. Give them something. Give them something yes. to start the conversation off. Don't ask them for something when you first meet them, please. Um, Josh Kuchar, man, thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business. And to those of you out there chasing freedom, freedom is accomplished one action at a time. We have a prescription for you. Shoot three shorts a week. Have an open loop in those three shorts. Drive that traffic to two mid-form content and do that for a year, at least a year. Um, tell somebody you know that will help hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 